do that. So it's a rare opportunity. So if you actually have him in your house, then he's like a captured audience. We could just like, you know, make sure that he's there. So, you know, that's very, very important. Yeah, yeah. Rare opportunity, rare opportunity. Anyway, we're live, everybody. Uh, welcome to Brain Food Live on air. It is episode 189. We're bringing it to you every Friday, no fail. I'm delighted to be speaking with you all today. Um, and because we've got a really interesting topic, I, I don't need to say from my perspective, it's really interesting. We can tell from the number of people who have signed up and are live right now um, because we have nearly 300 people watching this on Crowdcast. Nearly 900 have registered. I think several hundred more are watching on LinkedIn and elsewhere. So this is by far the uh, most popular show of the year, even though we've only done three. Um, but I suspect it's still going to be up there at the end of the year. Um, and we're going to be talking, of course, folks, about uh, chat GBT, uh, a GPT, in fact, um, uh, the recruiting use cases for this amazing technology that none of us knew about six weeks ago. Um, uh, but since it dropped into the, the universe, everyone has just been amazed about this product from OpenAI. I'm very excited about how we might be using it in recruiting. So a couple of things to kick off, first of all. Actually, no, before I even do this, let's just make sure everyone can hear me okay. Um, folks in Crowdcast, can you just say, confirm whether the audio and visual is okay? You can hear and see me. Allah, say something. Uh, tend to mute myself. Yeah. Hello, yeah. everyone. No, that's fine. Can you hear Allah as well? Can you see Allah? Audio, visual, very important. Um, right. LinkedIn, I messed up two weeks ago. I do apologize for that. So if you can see me on LinkedIn and hear me on LinkedIn, please do let me know. Uh, just like drop me a, 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 one of those emojis or something um, and we'll figure out figure out from there. Um, I, I think we've got a few people saying you can hear me okay. And we're out on Twitter and Facebook as well for the people who can't be bothered to register. Uh, you can actually watch this without registra re registering. You can actually do it from there. So amazing stuff. Anyway, folks, we are talking about ChatGPT. This is going to be a special. It's going to be a little bit longer, I think. Um, I think 60 minutes is not going to do it. It's going to be at least 90 minutes. Uh, we're going to chop it into three segments. Uh, so the three segments are, number one, we're going to bring on a bunch of recruiters who have been using ChatGBT, and they're going to show us how they've been using it. So practitioner-led, here's how we've done this, that, and the other. This would be amazing education for us, that first segment. Um, middle segment, we're going to bring on a lot of tech people because I've been hammered. My, my inbox has been destroyed by tech people saying, we've built this, we built that, we built whatever. Okay, great. I just said to them, all right, just come on and demo what this is. So we're going to have a mini show and tell in the middle of the show where we've got product makers who say, I've built something with this uh, open API that I think can be used um, for recruitment purposes. So it's going to be amazing to see that. And then finally, we're going to end bringing up some big hitters um, from the ATS space and from the HR tech space who are CEOs, CTOs, basically people who already are working for significant products uh, that we use today. Um, and they're going to tell us how ChatGBT and generative AI is, is generally going to influence their thinking at the strategic level. Like, what are they actually doing in terms of driving their product teams to building new stuff for us in recruiting? So it's going to be amazing. Make sure you check it out uh, and stay with us to the end. Anyway, before we kick off, we always have to 
Thank our sponsors for the show, folks. Uh, Breakthrough Live on Air doesn't happen without our sponsors. Every week they step up and say, yes, Hong, we want to help and support. Um, and so this week, I'm very pleased to say it is our friends at Join Talent. Join Talent, uh, an amazing RPO embedded solution provider who's just been a rocket ship last couple of years. They've been such a good friend of uh, Brain Food over that time. And uh, and yeah, let me not sort of uh, take on sort of too much of the bandwidth because we have one of the JT folks who's going to help uh, talk to us about it. Um, let's bring on Lee Harding, our friend from the north. Last time I spoke to Lee, he was, uh, I don't know, stereotypically northern, if you like. Um, you know, pro probably probably not the best uh, best thing on screen. But let's see. Let's see if he's cleaned himself up a little bit. Um, we'll see. We'll see if he's on. Lee, I hope you're wearing swag and I hope you're like, you know, had a shave or something. There he is. No shave. I've got the swag. No shave. No shave. Some sort of swag and a massive lighting coming. It's like you, you need to sit in front of that light so that people can actually see your face. Uh, Lee, Lee, lean into the camera, mate. I know um, it's, it's <laughs> a first world problem that I have to have my desk on this side of the room. So I've got my sofa and my TV will fit down that side. That's it, mate. Too many, too many bits of kit, haven't you? Um, anyway, Lee, good to see you, mate. Um, uh, why don't you like take it away? Tell us all about joint talent. What is the business? Who needs to care about it? Why you're good and, and what people need to check out in terms of, you know, the resourcing and the stuff that you've got out for free for folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, my name's Lee. Um, I've spent the last uh, 16 years or so in the in the TA space. Um, good chunk of that in-house, um, leading TA teams. But I've spent the last two and a half years on the, on the dark side, shall we say. Um, in the embedded um, talent solutions space with a company called uh, Join Talent, um, in addition to the you know the embedded RPO product service that we that we give to clients, um, a lot of talent consulting as well. Um, so yeah, two and a half years ago when I joined, there was there was thirteen of us. There's now about two hundred and fifty uh, spread across nineteen countries. I think it is at the uh, at the last count. Uh, working with you know whole range of companies, whether that's you know big name brands that a lot of folk will know, all the way through to scale ups and, and startups. Um, joint talent practitioner led, um, both co-founders Kat and Kev led in-house teams at the likes of Nationwide, IBM, RBS, Salesforce, and I think the fact that we are practitioner led really really shows not just in you know how we support our clients, but to give you a really, really good example and probably the best example I can think of in terms of how we view TA, I head up internal TA at JT, but I also sit on the C-suite. And it's, it's unheard of really in most organizations to have their TA leader sat on the, on the exec team. That's just how importantly we, we view TA. Um, so yeah, work with loads and loads of uh, different countries. Um, and we have recently produced, some of you guys might have seen it on LinkedIn, but I will pop the link into the chat after this. Uh, we've been working on a series of um, white papers called the Joint Talent Talent Insight Series. Uh, completely free, loads of support packs that comes with it, but it covers everything from the, you know, the cool and exciting stuff like diversity, inclusion, employer branding, but then also some of the necessary stuff like demand planning, building TA operator models. So I'll pop that that link into the chat. But yeah, that's that's joint talent. 
Thank you very much. And by the way, folks, um, you, you definitely need to check out that resource hub. Who, uh, stick it into the yeah, exactly, Mark. Quite right. Stick the link into the uh, the chat stream there. Um, and any, anybody who's watching LinkedIn, stick the 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 comment as uh, the the link into the uh, the comment thread as well. It is actually one of the best libraries I've seen in terms of the the, the content. It's it's just extremely well written. You can see it's coming from some a deep level of expertise. And whoever's actually written it, I think Kat has written most of it. It's like actually really talented writer. Um, so anyway, it is worth you getting in there and downloading all those stuff. It's for free, um, but it should be behind a paywall, in my opinion. It's like really really high quality stuff. Um, all right, Lee. Listen, great to see you, mate. Um, and thanks for your message. Um, I'm sure folks will be uh, very well aware and happy to see JT part of this uh, scenario and obviously connecting with you uh, on a later basis. Make sure you share your LinkedIn uh, URL into the chat stream as well, mate, and stay around for the rest of this conversation because this is going to be relevant for all of us in the U in the recruiting universe, uh, this topic. Uh, great to see you, Lee. You too. Cheers, pal. Stereotypically northern. Like, does anybody know what, what I mean by this? I'm from the north, so I can say that. Um, but there we go. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get on with it. Allah, we haven't even introduced you. For the people who don't know you, can you introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Allah. I'm based in Amsterdam. This is my dog, Luna. So she's updating, actually, connecting to the network, but she's <laughs> so fun talking about, like, you know, uh, she's very smart. Uh, talking about the AI. Um, I'm a tech sourcer at Riot Games, so please feel free to connect. And I'm very excited about ChatGPT because it's actually something that I'm using right now on a daily basis and very excited. Amazing. So very quickly before we bring our first tranche of guests on, um, share with us what how you've been using ChatGPT, um, Ala. What's, what kind of things have you found useful uh, when you're using this? At first, I decided to drop uh, probably trainings uh, on the outreaches because the first thing I did, uh, we did a lot of uh, blind tests, uh, reach outs written by the person and by ChatGPT. And to be honest, we we, we didn't find their the differences. So this is one of the things that I use a lot. Um, creative questions for some um, interesting roles that are probably running out of ideas what else I can say. Um, and of course, job descriptions. So running through the job descriptions, finding the right words. And it, it looks like um, for the diversity wise, it's also given so many options that uh, I have never considered before. So that's like a, just a minimum, bare minimum from the moment when it's existed. That that's the obvious three, isn't it, folks? Um, like the three ways in which recruiters use it. I, I think the most obvious is number one, writing a message, outreach message to a candidate. You can simply prompt it to do that. Um, and you know, of course, you can stuff it with information to say, uh, you know, who you are and what the candidate is. Um, you can also use it to uh, obviously write job descriptions and that kind of copy. That's also something people use for and generating interview questions, which I've been using it for. You know, you ask it, hey, I am a CEO of a tech startup in the biometric space. Um, uh, uh, please uh, write me a list of 10 questions in bullet point manner um, for a head of talent. And boom, it generates you at least five or six usable questions, right? So some obvious ways we can use it. Let's dive in. Let's bring some of our guests on. We'll figure out whether they've got any other ways or whether they can show us what else they've been doing. So uh, let's see if these folks are around. Um, some of these guys are stateside. So I hope it's not too uh, too early for our friends in the US. We've got some like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be really honored to bring these guys on because they're like properly... You know, Sajid is here as well. Amazing. Let's bring Sajid on. 
Um, so all of our recruiters from uh, from uh, North America for some reason. That was just how it fell. I'm sure there's loads of people in Europe, Asia, and elsewhere still using this. Um, we've got a, a couple of cool dudes here. Look at this. Hey, hello everybody. How how awesome it is to see you, folks. You might recognize some of these guys here. Let's do some introductions. Jim, why don't you go first? Who are you? What it is you do? Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. Most folks call me Jim Stroud. Feel free to do the same. And I, uh, <laughs> I am presently a, a content creator creating dynamic content that attracts demand for your HR tech company. Amazing. And check out Jim's like new recruiter comic series. I thought that was amazing. Um, go ahead and share the link in the chat stream, dude. Um, sure. uh, Glenn, great to see you. Long time no see, sir. Uh, wonderful to see you. Uh, can you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me. Good to see you as well and everybody else. Uh, I'm Glenn Cathy. I work for Ronstad, been here for the past six years or so, and I focus on uh, digital strategy. Fantastic. And that's like the most understated intro ever because <laughs> Glenn Cathy like wrote the original, still in my opinion, like one of the, 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 the best bit contributions to as uh, the sourcing world has been your uh boolean black belt uh blog uh glenn long may that still be going um if you haven't checked it out go check it out i'm not sure how up to date it is but some of that stuff is still genius um and we have Saj as well Sajit, good to see you um i thought you've been a huge contributor to the community online we haven't had the chance to speak before so great to have you on the show can you quickly introduce yourself who are you what it is you do uh I'm a corporate uh, recruiter for a product SaaS company called Replicon, uh, which is in the time intelligence knowledge workforce management uh, space. Uh, I do hiring for uh, NA and EMEA region right now. So that is about me. Fantastic to see you on the show. Great to meet you. Um, okay, let's just talk about this. All of you have had experiments with it. The reason why you're on the show is because I've seen sort of your commentary on ChatGBT and what you've You've, you've been doing personally with it. So let's dive into it. Glenn, you've taken some, let's go with you first. You, you did some deep dives into this and you put some real thought into how you saw um, this technology influencing the work that recruiters uh, will be doing in future. I wondered whether you could just take us through your thought process there. Like what have you, what do you see? How is the impact on this, particularly on sourcing and then wider on recruiting in general? Sure. Well, I think, I think it helps first to understand, you know, what it is and, and how it works, because that helps you understand what it can do and what its limitations are. And I think that's important. Um, you know, I, I think you put it out in your in one of your posts that, you know, you could mess around with sourcing, like search strategies, things like that. I've actually seen it fail pretty, pretty strongly on a number of things, but I've seen other people come up with better examples. But, you know, you have to remember what it was trained on. I think it was 300 billion words or, you know, like a half a terabyte, a little bit more than half a terabyte of data of text. And when you have, you don't really have a stack overflow or GitHub for like search strings, right? There's stuff that's out there, but there's nothing that massive repository. So what would it learn from anyway? So why would we expect it to do fantastic things when it comes to, for example, very specific search strings? Um, but you know, I've, it's been hit or miss there. Um, I love what was mentioned already in terms of generating uh, job descriptions. I'm excited about improving existing job descriptions because most, let's be honest, are not very good. And I've, I've put many random jobs through it and I feel like the readability has gone up. Um, other people have weighed in and said, yeah, you know, again, it, it's a little average in terms of the language that it produces. That's another byproduct of how it was trained. You know, when you train it on a, a such a massive corpus of text, it's going to generate things that are somewhat kind of generic or bland or average 
you know, it, but you can have it do crazy things in terms of changing tone, which starts to then get creative in terms of tweaking the output. Uh, one last thing I'll say is I, I think research, it changes the game for research primarily because instead of having to ask a question of a Google or whatever search engine you choose and you get a list of results and you look at one at a time, it's essentially bringing you a synthesis of technically all it knows about a subject and it synthesizes it in a single answer. And I can't, I don't think it can be, I don't think that we can really understand exactly how much of a leap that is, I think in the right direction, rather than saying, well, here's the top hit. Well, that's how most search engines work. You ask a question, it shows you the top hit, but how do you know the top hit's actually the best hit and, and actually meets your needs? Why wouldn't you want it to go away and say, I've reviewed, let's say 500 hits on this and here's the summary of all that I've learned through this research. So you know, it, let's say I'm a tech recruiter and there's a new technology, right? Learning about a technology, it would be much faster than me having to go through a lot of manual serial results processing. You know what, Glenn, you've said three things there and I think each of them are worth like uh, sitting down on a little bit and just exploring further. But let's go to the last thing you said, the biggest impact it might have. And a lot of people in the chat is also confirming this is the research element. Um, if you compare sort of how you Google something and how you interact with ChatGBT, totally different experience. In Google, you're going to try and input something and you generate like a paginated experience, lots of ads you've got to go through, or lots of SEO stuff you've got to go through. You're already picking through what might be right or wrong. Then you've got to click onto another page in order to find out what's going on and immediately assaulted by sort of cookie banners and all this type of stuff. So there's a UI revolution right here. Um, and you're still only going to get a snippet of what that thing is. You might then have to go back to Google and go to the next result that you like and you go there. Whereas with ChatGBT, it is a clean interface, single input box, single output box, and it will more or less do that synthesization for you. So the speed of learning for human beings should be amazing. Uh, and there's no no reason, by the way, there's actually no surprise that some of the biggest pushback we've seen from generative AI has come from educational institutions that they've recognized that, hey, yo, this changes the game. Um, you know, we, we're no longer, uh, I think there's some institutions already saying, look, no more exam, like uh, 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 online exams. You got to come in and hand write your answers because um, we can't trust whether that's going to be produced. And of course, it's going to be produced. Um, you know, why would you not use it? Um, so it's going to be that obviously impacts us in recruiting because our upskilling, our ability to learn, our, we, we can't be sitting there waiting for a Udemy course anymore. Um, do you know what I mean? Or if you're a young recruiter coming into you, to, to the business, you're not sitting there waiting. Or oh, come on, a senior sourcer, give me some training. Yes, you can. You have different sort of capability or different sort of value from that type of training. But you can build. You can start the building block journey straight away on your own accord. Um, and it decentralizes that learning. So it's going to be absolutely massive. Um, very interesting. Um, let's go to you, Sarge. I know you've done some experiments um, uh, sort of on a, on using it yourself. I mean, going back to what Allah mentioned earlier about those three major things that we're using it for, I think we, we can add in Glenn's last thing, which is the fourth re research. Uh, what have you kind of used uh, ChatGBT for and, and uh, what's your verdict uh, so far on some of the stuff you've been uh, experimenting with? 
I would, uh, I, I know most of you would have played Lego when you were a child, right? I would compare chat GPT to a Lego system. In the sense, you could build anything that you want. You could experiment a lot with it. You could move it around. You could create something. Of course, you will have a picture as to what this image is, but it's up to your creativity as to how do you want it, right? Now, everybody in the recruitment space knows that uh, if you have a role and if you have something, uh, if you can ask your hiring manager three important questions and then you get the answers very clearly. So it all depends upon what questions you ask the chat GPT and you will get a, a response for it, right? I tried, I initially started with the job description, created a uh, completely new job description from scratch. I went on to create a Twitter bot that will pick up any word that says jobs and then post it, create a Twitter bot from scratch, right? now. Uh, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm a technical recruiter for the last 16 years, but I have had a basic experience in programming. 16 years back is when I dropped it and shifted to uh, technical recruitment, but I was excited like a kid on something new that is there and I started experimenting and doing a lot of things. So that was one thing. Now, the third thing was that I have an Excel sheet where I have all my um, competitor companies. I have a, pro an, a program where it will, uh, I can say, what is the designation that I want? And it will pull out all the LinkedIn profiles uh, matching that uh, competitive company and the title, right? Now, using ChatGPT, if I can have a customized um, out, uh, outreach message, and then I also have, let's say I change the setting of this person being rejected. If I have a customized uh, rejection letter, you are changing the whole conversation because I, I did try this with when I want to introduce two people on LinkedIn, I sh uh, shared their both LinkedIn profiles and site said, create an introduction, introducing these two personalities. They picked up both their profiles. They said, okay, this person is working in this. This has, person has this experience. Uh, she is great in this. And the other lady also, uh, it gave me a complete introduction. I uh, brought it, but I remembered to check both if in case there was a problem, I did check it. I, there were some uh, problems, I corrected it and I was able to. So what it, it helped me is, it helped me save a lot of time for me. Automation in chat GPT is great. Okay, that's amazing. You say, you're kind of saying a load of amazing things, Saj. <laughs> um, and and uh, let's deal with that last example though. I mean, that's something, again, a use case, this, is, this entire thing is about use cases and that's a use case I didn't know. Like how do you make an introduction between two parties well, actually, you could just put their LinkedIn's into ChatGPT and say, create a relevant conversation and intro between these two people, and they will produce for you to copy, which at the very least is 80 to 90% of the way there, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to go in and edit it and do whatever, but the typing, that's like done. Um, yeah. And even a great deal of the thinking has been done. You can just pull it out and then go. The, set, the first example you mentioned was very exciting. I, I Let me just uh, sort of explain what I think it is. You correct me if I'm wrong, Sajid, because I, I want people to basically understand this. Essentially, you had a uh, an Excel spreadsheet that you had some macros in it that was able to generate sort of competitor links from you, basically pull links into to, to, from uh, from uh, LinkedIn into the spreadsheet. This is yeah. outside of ChatGBT. Yeah. Um, and what you were able to do was to use ChatGBT to pull that data in order to create a custom outreach message based on that LinkedIn data. Is that correct? Y yes. So what I need to do right now nice. is I have around nice. 200 competitors who are specific to my space. I just need to change the title, the job description, and it will pull out all the LinkedIn links with for me, right? Now I'm trying to mod, um, add more features. Let's say uh, if I uh, specifically say from this location and uh, apart from title, I'm trying to add more uh, clauses into that. And if I am able to do it, I'm. it's not a perfect fit, but 
it is going to make my life easier. Okay. By the way, Sajid, you're about to kind of make yourself some money. Why don't you stick your LinkedIn URL into the chat stream and people who want to know a little bit about how Sajid did this, get connect with Sajid and make sure you charge him some money to, for that advice. Okay. <laughs> um, so, um, so, hey, what we're talking about here in many respects is also the, I mean, Sajid, I know you had some technical background, so that really helped you. I'm sure it did. But ChatGBT is starting to open the door to produce for for non-technical people to produce what is an effectively a, a series of apps um, that could significantly improve your capability and productivity. Um, I mean, there was also a case I read the other day about the, the Twitter chatbot guy. Um, also had a similar example to you. Did not know how to program at all. Didn't have any history, but he asked ChatGPT how to do it, and it pushed. Give him the code. Once he had the code base, he then pumped the code back in and said, okay, how do I deploy this? Um, and he said, okay, here's what you need. Sign up for this platform, blah, 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 do, do, do. And it basically taught him to do it. So the output that ChatGPT has produced can be re-inputted in to the system and for the next question you produce. And pretty much this guy, similar to you, Sajid, created a Twitter bot that did something. I don't know what it is. And we can go to the ethics of, look, is it right or wrong to put bots into the universe or whatever? doesn't matter for this particular conversation. Um, what we're talking about is how do we get better as recruiters using this technology? And it seems that, hey, uh, this is a way to go ahead and do it. Um, okay, let's go to you, Jim. Um, amazing video. Um, I came across that video. If people haven't seen Jim's video, please share the link in the chat stream, the YouTube link on that. Uh, wonderful, wonderful introduction to uh, this topic. And, you know, one of the things that I think your gift is, uh, Jim, uh, is the ability to communicate up and down the, the the kind of level of literacy for people. So anybody at any level of, 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 of competence uh, would be able to get value from this. Um, Tell us a little bit more um, about sort of your encounter with ChatGBT and why you're excited with it and where you think its uh, big future is for us in recruiting. Um, I'm excited. One thing I'm excited about ChatGBT is, is I think it's going to encourage critical thinking. Uh, we have this microwave mindset our culture does. Stick, uh, add in a keyword to give me an immediate answer. <laughs> ChatGPT can use so much information that it's going to force people, I think, to think more critically, you know. Uh, when you do the follow-ups on the prompts that you send out there, if you say, give me information on this. Okay, that's interesting. Now give me more information on that, more information on that. Send you down different rabbit holes. It's going to help us think more. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Uh, the experiments I've been doing with ChatGPT uh, along the recruiting lines have been around qualifying candidates. You mentioned the video that I did before. Thank you for that. Um, I it, it has gotten me a lot. I've received a lot of feedback on it. So I did another one, which is going to drop after this. Uh, uh, after this event. Uh, and it's, it's about how to qualify candidates with ChatGPT. In a nutshell, what I do is I copy a job description and I ask ChatGPT to, to summarize it. And then I uh, copy a resume and I say, ChatGPT, is this candidate a compelling, uh, is this a compelling candidate for this role? Give me reasons why and why not. It'll analyze my resume and give me a list of reasons why this person is good for a role. Give me a list of reasons why this person might not be good for a role. And then it gives me suggestions. It'll say, um, uh, you, this candidate is a little weak in A, B, and C. You may want to ask them about that. So I say, cool. Um, then from that point, I'll ask it, uh, what other jobs could I possibly 
uh, introduce this candidate to and they give me a list of job titles uh, that this candidate may be a good fit for. So I've been tinkering around a lot uh, with it in that regard. And my next video will show you step by step how I did what I just said. You know what? That's really, again, I didn't anticipate, this is the reason why this show is so important. I didn't anticipate that anybody would talk about using ChatGPT for assessment purposes. Um, uh, but, uh, and yes, you can have doubts about this and say, look, we need a human eye on that. I get it, Glenn, <laughs> I agree with you. But at the same time, at the very first pass, I mean, you're, you're talking about two bits of text at the end of the day. You've been given some text by a company. You've been given some text by a person. And you're using the thing to say, okay, what is the relevancy? And at the very least, it can uh, kind of give you further reasons to question. So you can say, you know what? There seems to be great similarity on these areas. Uh, these areas are not so great. The candidate has not talked about this in, this, in his resume. Therefore, you know that's an interview question you need to ask. Um, kind of exposes certain areas of uh, of conversation you need to go with. So I think that's a very very interesting uh, interesting phenomenon. Also, um, very very good. Give us a future view, everybody. Before we uh, have to move everyone on, um, what do you think is the next stage for recruiters using ChatGPT? Um, any any like like six months down the line, where are we? Uh, let's go with you on this, Glenn. We'll go around on this. Six months. Um, I think, and even to, to jump on what Jim shared and what I see in the, the comments here, I think it really comes down to augmentation. You could think of it as a, a second set of virtual uh, cyber eyes, right? I think that's interesting to be able to have almost kind of like a paired thing that you're working with to be able to double check things in terms of the content you produce. I think there's a lot of use around being able to continue to tweak messaging. I think that's something that you can do even now with ChatGPT that kind of increases the capacity for you to say, hey, I think I've wrote a brilliant message here. Well, give me 10 new variations of that. It's something that it would take a lot of mental horsepower for a person to do, and we can do it. But the fact that it can do that so quickly, that goes back to uh, points that everyone has raised. It just, I feel like this is an assistant and an augmentative technology that we shouldn't be scared of. We just embrace it six months down the road, I hope that this and other generative AI type of technologies are embraced. And someone used a really interesting analogy of a calculator, which I, I like. It's like, well, we have a calculator now. Why wouldn't we use it to do some things to help us out? On the other hand, we need to continue to say, well, let's, let's ensure that we're using our own minds for critical thinking. I like what Jim said around the fact that it can actually help you become more a more effective critical thinker. I've seen people post about how it helps them become more effective in their own research. So six months down the road, I just hope that more people are using it properly as an assistant. And I think the last thing I have to say is people have to be aware of the limitations. You can't trust every single thing that comes out verbatim, right? You should review things. You should be looking for issues and tweaks, add the human element, uh, but use it as a tool. Do you think that skepticism overall will increase in the sense that because it's so quick in generating an output, um, uh, maybe that will train us humans, us human users of the Internet to, to, to doubt the outputs a little bit more and, again, sharpen our critical edge so that we can you know, treat it as what it is. It's a tool. It is not like a sentient, um, but it, it's trained on a huge amount of text and it might help us in some way. You know, that's basically how we need to approach this at, at a mental uh, kind of level. Um, 
I hadn't asked the question there. Sorry, uh, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it, 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 the skepticism, I think, I, I think that's one thing I want people to take away is, you know, um, I was more excited in the beginning and now I'm starting to see some of the limitations of the text it produces, but it's still nice to say, I can work with this. This is so much faster than before. Um, but I do think it's important because some, many people have shown that sometimes even basic questions, it gives you an answer and it doesn't tell you that it's not confident in the answer. And so I think there's a danger that people just go with what's produced and you always have to have, I think that's where you should sharpen your mind and say, never accept it exactly, but use it as input. You know what, that's actually a really good technique uh, to use is to ask it to give a, co a confidence level to the output. So, so one one technique would be to say, you do you know something, okay, you ask ChatGPT and then you say, please qualify your confidence level on a one to 10 scale, 10 being absolutely certain it's true, one being not sure. And then see, get into your own habit of doing it because it's going to respond to a human prompt. Um, and so you, we have to be the person that heightens our level of skepticism. I'm of the belief, by the way, that we need to all generally heighten skepticism over produced information anyway. That's including stuff yeah. you see on Google or whatever. You can't really trust it. You've got to compare and cross-reference not only with other bits of produced information, but also with information you experience directly. Uh, you know, what does your common sense tell you? That's also got to be a filter in this. I think ChatGBT will improve us generally with this, even though I think we're going to be suckered in early on. And, uh, you know, it'd be wonderful until we're disappointed, basically. But I think the disappointment is guaranteed so that we're going to get there uh, with that point. OK, let's move on quick. Uh, Sajid, quickly from your side, where are we six months time with uh, ChatGPT, man? Uh, the learning curve that I've had in the last uh, six weeks or eight weeks, I would compare it with uh, much higher than the learning curve that I had in the last three, four years. So in the next six months, what I see is... Uh, I see myself exploring it a lot, understanding its drawbacks, customizing it. Um, so I did mention on what all I did, right? Now, one thing that I did is I created a 5,000 word article uh, for LinkedIn um, you know, on uh, how the uh, what a remote work from home is going to affect recruitment, right? Or how it has affected recruitment. Now, I did mention that this was from ChatGPT uh, Chat because I, uh, I'm aware of the ethics of it, right? But if you look at it, you will not find a single sentence from that from any uh, source on Google. But having said that, it's our obligation to be very clear as to what or where this content is coming from, right? But what I see in the next six months is if any person, I completely agree with Glenn and Jim, any person who has that muscle to learn, your learning curve is going to go very steep. You don't need a senior person. You don't need someone with that kind of experience. You can ask, if you ask, again, I come to the simple point. If you ask the right questions, you're going to be amazed by the results that you're going to get. And by the way, the right question is something we're going to have to be trained on. Um, yeah. In the same way as sources, we were trained to write the right query. Yeah. It's different now because the, the, one of the big differences, even though it's still an input box, is that sourcing is information retrieval. It's pulling information that already exists from the Internet. What uh, ChatGBT is prompting it is generating information that is from already existing information. So it's a new thing that's been generated and we have to change our, our kind of, I, I've seen some great sources become great prompting, prompt crafting. Uh, actually, Irina was meant to be on the show, but she's in Patagonia having a holiday. Um, but she's been amazing doing this. By the way, whoever's in, in a member of the Irina's group, uh, ChatGBT, whatever, on, on Facebook, please share the link in the chat stream. Everyone should join that. That's got some great stuff. I will share it. 
Yeah, cool, cool. Um, Jim, uh, we've already asked you, have we, uh, next six months, have we asked you that question? No, we haven't. Uh, no, no, we haven't. Um, quick, quick forecast, I'll, man. I'll go to uh, next six months and beyond that. So I think next six months, we're going to see a lot of great, crazy, a lot of tools doing amazing things built on ChatGPT. Uh, one tool that I stumbled across um, quite recently is the tool that allows you to upload your spreadsheet to its uh, system and then ask questions of the spreadsheet. So I can imagine recruiters add uploading a spreadsheet of maybe links to LinkedIn profiles and then just asking uh, the, some interface, which of these LinkedIn profiles is best suited for this job that I just cut and paste into your system? Uh, I can see that easily happening in the next six months. Much further on beyond that, I see new jobs um, uh, developing, like, say, an AI psychologist. And uh, in a, in a quick comparison to that would be the movie 2001, where the astronaut is talking to the computer and he's asking to do something. And he says, I can't do that, Hal, or I can't do that or whatever. And he's just talking to the, to the computer. I think that's going to be a, another future job, talking to AI that's on the verge of sentience <laughs> and figuring out why did it do certain things, why did it not do certain things. Yeah, my, my prediction there. I'm going to start using ChatGPT as a therapist. I reckon um, because <laughs> I, I actually, I actually don't want sentience. I don't want sentience. Uh, hey, I don't no, want judging either. either. I don't want this thing judging me. So I'm just going to write into it. And say, listen, whatever. You know, what's your perspective on this like ethical circumstance I find myself in? Do I kill the puppy or not? Uh, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> um, anyway. We've got to move on because we've got lots of people to come on. And I want to just quit, a quick thank you to our guests, uh, Jim, Glenn, Sajid. Thank you so much for joining. Keep powering forward with your experimentations on ChatGBT and keep us informed as to where you're going. Um, please keep uh, stay with us on the show. We've got uh, loads of more conversations to uh, to go with. Um, okay, cool, cool. Let's say uh, goodbye to these guys. What an amazing group. I mean, again. Crazy, crazy innovation, but it's one of those where you can see basically uh, a recruiter with uh, the right curiosity and skill set um, uh, can use this technology and immediately become uh, uh, t t times 10 in terms of productivity, right? Uh, crazy stuff. Uh, okay, um, let's bring on Sile. We're gonna, by, by the way, we're moving on to the, th the, the third segment of this, um, which is uh, we're going to get a bunch of tech people who run products who say they built something on chat GDP and they're going to demo it for us um so let's see what, what they've got you know um well, here we go we have sile major sile how are you doing i'm good thanks uh how are you doing i'm very good very good what's happened you've uh you've you appeared and disappeared oh. sile um let's see if you can get the uh, the image of you back there hmm, um, maybe i change camera give me one second i think it is you're the same weren't you ali you had multi-camera type of stuff and it was like come on Guys. That helps. That helps. That's, yeah. Um, I'm gonna drop the link for the GitHub repository of this uh, awesome ChatGPT prompts. Um, uh, as we are having developers right now, so that could be interesting. So, what's been really interesting is how the developers have embraced this as well, because they're in a similar boat to us, right? Um, some people are very threatened. They're thinking, you know what, this is problem. Other people are saying, hey, this checks my code. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and this actually makes me go super fast. And let's not forget, man, like developers have to type. So, so even if the mechanics of typing speed has some element towards pr code production, but now you can prompt the thing and it will generate you huge amounts of stuff. So I think it's the same. Even if the copy is not amazing or the, 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 the uh, uh, give me a sec, sir. Um, 
I had this conversation with one of my copywriter friends and uh, they were saying the same. He was like, yeah, the copy is average. I said, yeah, it's average, but it's taken me 10 seconds to produce. That would have taken me like two minutes to produce. So I'm going to take the average that's faster than, than the crafted stuff for the purposes of what I'm doing. Um, and, and hence, you know, you're going to use that thing. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's crazy stuff. Oh yeah, folks, while Sal's getting on, make sure if you've got any questions, use the ask a question function, um, stick it in there and we'll get to it at the end of the day. Okay, Sal, listen, I know you've got to run, so let's go straight into it. Um, quickly one second, like uh, give us, give us a, a one, one, liner second. To, <laughs> one liner as to what you do, um, and, and what you've done with ChatGBD, man. Yeah, so uh, MetaView is a uh, interview intelligence platform. So what we've been doing for the last few years with a lot of great companies is recording, transcribing, and analyzing their job interviews. Um, we've actually been working with OpenAI for a couple of years now, who are the company behind ChatGPT and, and GPT, the language learning model. Um, and that sort of culminated in what we've uh, launched to a bunch of customers uh, this week and have now opened up early access for, well, you folks um, as, of, uh, as of this call, basically. Um, Amazing. Let's have a look at it, uh, Sal. Are yeah. you ready to share some screen? Yeah, let's do it. Let's okay. find the right. I'm going to focus the screen. There you go. Cool. You're, you're there. So um, the context on MetaView, as I mentioned, is we record uh, and transcribe interviews historically. Uh, as of now, uh, what we also do is we automatically generate a summary of this, of the conversation. So using... Uh, again, OpenAI, the company behind GPT, we create an automatic summarization so you don't have to take notes. So we call this AI notes. You can see here where we've automatically pulled out what question was asked and then bullet point form the answer, the sort of the answer, the structure of the answer that the candidate gave. So uh, yeah, we see this as a massive game changer. You actually do not have to take notes now. You just focus as a recruiter or an interviewer on your synthesis of the candidate. Um, and when you're when you're ready, copy the notes across, edit them, and upload them for your feedback. So massive time save makes it way easier for you to, as a recruiter to understand what sort of happened, the key things that happen in interviews, without having to take those those laborious notes yourself. Amazing! Oh my god, uh, that's that's such a game changer. I mean, we're we're, we're looking we're staring down a barrel of actually disintermediating some things like some elements of recruitment that have been here for decades. You know, the idea of going in uh, to an interview with a notepad and making notes and making sure you've got this right thing and all this type of stuff. Actually, as we're doing all our interviews via video anyway, MetaView do the transcription, but now ChatGPT integration is going to do the summary of the transcription. Have I got that right, uh, Sal? Exactly right. So that rote task of writing down what was said, and they, you know, these are their motivations. This is why they move from this job to this job. All of that is just gone now. And you just focus on the human skill of getting to know this human being behind, you know, on the other side of the camera. Amazing, amazing. All right, Sal, stop sharing screen. Yeah, I, share. I, I, I'm not sure what button does it. There you go. I've stopped. There sharing. you go. Yeah, yeah. and sh share me the MetaView uh, demo thing or whatever on the link. And, yeah, uh, I'll do it now. And just, just, just so you know, everyone, uh, this is open to early access. So uh, we'll, I'll send the link in the chat. Uh, sign up. A member of the team will be in touch as uh, as soon as possible uh, to get you get you all set up and uh, and into into the future. All right, get in there, folks. Sal, great to see you. Thank you so yeah. much for your demo. Cool. And also, gonna... I believe it's free, right, Han? So this is the question that a lot of people are asking. So they do a lot of integrations with ChatGPT, but is it going to stay free? I actually so... filled in a form from OpenAI. I don't know whether you saw it, but they actually sent a form for people to say, how much would you pay? 
um yeah. in order to get and I, and I actually give a a genuine answer I say I would pay I can drop um, yeah I, I think I think it was um I think it will be it will be expensive I mean there's no question it's something that is above the consumer grade we're used to paying like ten dollars a month for whatever of course you pay ten dollars a month for this no question but I think it's going to be a lot higher than that um but we'll see okay let's bring on Vincent um yeah, the link for the form is in the chat if anyone would like to also give the opinion <laughs> yeah, about the price. <laughs> That's it. Everyone's always going to lower the price. I'll pay $1. But in, in reality, when you think about what you get, I mean, Jasper AI, I don't know if you've used that before, Allah, but it's a it's a copy generator. I think that costs like $30. Um, it was a sound generator as well, which I paid another $30. I'm just paying lots of money just to try things. Um, but I'm thinking that, yeah, ChatGBT would be at least that and more. So uh, we've got to pile into it as we can um, as we're using it. Okay, I think Vincennes is connecting. That's good. Um, let's hope he can come on. Um, oh, there he is. Vincennes, how are you doing? Hi, guys. Can you hear me all right? Yes, we can hear you fine. Great to see you. Uh, listen, Vincent, we're going to have to jump straight in because we've got a long list of people going to pitch some products at us. Um, can you quickly uh, sort of introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? And what have you done with ChatGPT? Sure. So I'm a developer um, who sold my uh, company two years ago. We built a trading system. So I'm actually from the financial industry, but I was just blown away by what OpenAI and, and now ChatGPT can do. So I couldn't help myself. And um, from banking, I've interviewed like hundreds of technical people trying to suss out whether they actually had the skills that they claim to have or not as a hiring manager. So that's the problem I've been uh, trying to solve for here. So I've developed uh, intelligent interview guides that can not on only do what you guys talked about, that can extract questions for a role from a job description, but can also tell you exactly the answers that you should be looking for when you're phone screening. And if you are willing to send people a questionnaire, it can it can compare the answers that people are giving in free form to the answers they should be giving. So you can auto rank and score uh, the candidates as they come in. All right, very very interesting. Let's uh, can you show us anything on screen, uh, Vincent? Absolutely. Um, if I can only find the right button here. Okay, I think you then hover hover above <clears throat> your own face, and then something will emerge that'll yeah. give you. And for some reason, anybody can do this. Like I should be the moderator being able to stop people from sharing screen, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, it's completely freeform. There you go. Um, Great, awesome. So what you see here, <clears throat> you see an interview guide that's actually been produced for a role here, senior power BI business intelligence consultant. So you're not only seeing the questions that you could be asking in a phone screening, but also the example answers. And this can really help you build up your trust with your client and make sure that you're assessing candidates fairly and, and in the same way, also showing them that you understand the domain that you're interviewing for. Okay, so now, what I what I, I need like, what I need for, for this yeah. in terms of input is the job description, correct? That's what I need to to, to, to activate this. Exactly. I'll show yeah. you in, in just a second, but there's one thing I have to show you before that, and that's uh that's what I um what what I was bragging about before it's the scoring. So here you'll see, I have had a range of candidates come back to me and um, we don't have the, the free form notes that the, we just saw from Siad, but we do have here the uh, submissions that have come in. And one thing you should notice here is that the OpenAI models, they're actually able to understand the context behind the answer. 
So no longer do you have to do keyword checking or see if they're talking about the same terms. It doesn't matter. It can be paraphrased. It can be whatever. As long as they're talking with the right expertise about the same topic, you'll get the right level of scoring that you need. Yeah. Yeah. But um, keen to show you, keen to show you uh, how to uh, actually produce them. So for those of you who've been using ChatGPT, you've probably done something like this that I'm going to do now. So I'm going to Indeed here. And I'm just finding a job description that I um, that I want to uh, produce questions for, copying in the meat of the job description, which for this purpose is going to be the, the job requirements, um, <clears throat> sticking them into Trevento. And what you're going to see now is that it's going to take five to 10 seconds to, uh, to actually uh, build up the list of uh, questions. But you're going to get about 50 questions, because what you can do as a developer when you're using uh, the APIs behind the scenes is you can go multiple levels down in complexity. So whereas with the interface that you guys are using, you're going to get an immediate answer. Here, you can do much more advanced stuff. So we can get very, very specific questions on the role that can show you whether you actually, as a candidate, have the capabilities, the, the skills that you would need to perform like to me, this is a revolution in tooling because what we had before would be the static libraries of role descriptions where you could get some questions and maybe some multiple choice tests out. But nothing like this where it's free form, where you can give this to a junior recruiter in your company or someone who doesn't necessarily have the understanding of the specific role and they become much more efficient, much more trusted in, uh, in the engagement with the client and with the candidate. Yeah, very, very interesting, Vincent. Look at this, folks. This is potentially disintermediating stuff. However, um, we should. Th this is why it's exciting. Um, this is why it's exciting. It's on the edge. Like we have to learn how this works because if we don't, we're going to get run over. Uh, Vincent, you can stop sharing screen now. Um, okay. Um, I'm always terrified whenever someone tries to do this. Does it actually close the show? No, he's there. Um, okay, Vincent, <laughs> listen, um, why don't yeah. you share the link to your product into the chat stream there and then make sure everyone um, can get access to that and play around with it. It seems to me like, hey, it's a no-brainer. Go ahead and use this. Job description, copy and paste in, boom, generate a list of questions. It's sorted. Um, great to see you, Vincent. Uh, okay, we're going to keep rolling through these vendors that are coming in. It's like Martin. a marathon for you. Like, it is, so many hey, hey, listen, we still got 400 people live on Crowdcast, 250 on LinkedIn, even 35 on Twitter. Um, it's, it's like all there. Um, okay, uh, ask the question in Ask the Questions, Malai. Uh, we're going to get there in the end. Um, okay, what are we going to do? Uh, folks, we always do this in the middle of every show. I want to say we've got to do this um, now because we still got 30 minutes to go. We'll go a little bit longer, as I mentioned. Uh, but this is obviously a massive topic. So I would recommend that everyone who wants to continue to have this type of conversation and interact with people who are interested in chat GPT, now's the time to take your LinkedIn URL and share it into the chat stream. Um, if you're watching on LinkedIn, share it into the comment thread on LinkedIn and then just connect with everyone else that you have seen doing that. Now, as I say, there's hundreds of people watching this, hundreds, uh, you should walk away with at least a couple of hundred really good connections that are going to help educate us all in terms of how we need to go further forward um, in, uh, in, in this uh and this crazy sort of uh, breakthrough that we have. What are your thoughts on what Vincennes has just showed us? When he showed us that, I thought, you know what, that's really amazing. 
but half me also thought, you know, I worked really hard to know about my tech. Um, and here it is. Maybe you can get like a more junior person with less information to be able to conduct kind of a reasonable interview um, without that lot length of training. What, what are your thoughts on that, Ala? How did it make you feel? Um, it, it feels that we are getting closer to the technical uh, people and so getting a little bit um, better on understanding uh, examples. I think for us uh, to get examples of the answers to the questions, it's a learning path. But personally, I don't think if you don't have this background in engineering, you will still get to the like you know with the technical question good because you have to understand the answer even if you have a few of them because conversations could go different ways i, um, I think it's like chess isn't it like you can learn the opening moves and yeah. by rote but by the middle game is like that's when you just need to have that strategy and have that thing going on and i think conversations are the same you can i could serve to you Ali you can return I can return that but by the time we've hit it over the net a couple of times then we're it's fluid right and then we have to kind of like it, it won't be something you can just deploy so uh but I think it will it'll be educational using a tool like this will be super educational for young recruiter again revolutionary on the research side um okay let's bring on that's true as everyone's sharing their LinkedIn that's all great let's bring on Kevin um at some link and see what Kevin has got for us uh, so we've got Kevin and we have Dan. If Dan is around, we can bring him on as well. And that'll be the end of the demos. Then we bring on Bill and, and Nikos uh, and Adam as well. Adam's actually here. Uh, so he's going to uh, come and join us at the end um, to talk about the, the strategy. Like where is the long distance for this, uh, particularly for you know companies that have uh, essentially already had some success. Uh, so yeah. what we've what we've seen so far is kind of youngish companies. Um, so uh, so we'll see sort of what that future looks like. Um, when I looked at the Vincent's presentation, the thought that I had straight away was, what about intake forms? What about like you know uh, using that with the hiring managers to give more perspective for them to pitch their roles better to the recruiters? Like the intake forms can become much better. So. Well, we're talking about learning. I mean, this could be a great training tool that we could provide to the recruiters, to the hiring managers and say, hey, managers as well, yeah. you know what I mean? Hey, here's how, you, here's how some of the best people have been able to sell this type of job. Uh, make sure you talk about this, that, and that, and give them kind of a guide to do it. And it's a chat GBT generated guide. Um, so, so it takes away a lot of that legwork, you know? Um, okay. I think Kevin's like struggling to get on. Have you noticed the, um, <laughs> the, 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 the live counter go crazy, Allah? I don't know whether you saw that. It went like just zooming up and down. I think we're breaking Crowdcast or something. Um, yeah, hopefully anyway. not, but this is the record, right? So people were asking like, is it the record or not? No, it's not because do you remember COVID first came around. We did the COVID marathon. I don't know whether you remember this. Um, this is where I did a 24 hour live stream on Crowdcast, right? Just like, do you not remember this? Um, okay, maybe it was before we met. Um, but anyway, we, we did the idea was to do a 24 hour sort of I'll just sit here and talk to people for a day. Um, and uh, and, and essentially that had like 2,000 people, and it just the the thing froze at 800 or something. Like it didn't go any higher. Um, but yeah, uh, since then, we have not been able to to get uh, further forward. Anyway, we seem to be struggling with uh, Kevin. I'm going to remove Kevin and bring you back. Kevin, don't worry about this. I'll see if Dan is around. If he is, uh, we can bring him on. Um, okay. No, he's not there either. Uh, it's okay. No worries. Let's just keep rolling forward. Kevin, if you are there, please let me know and we'll be able to uh, 
to bring you back. Um, okay, I will try again. Yeah, please, people, submit your questions because we will try to cover them. That will be also very interesting what type of the things you would like to learn. Yeah, Kevin, you just got to click yes on the, uh, the model that pops up. I do think it's probably because we've just like broken it. Like we've got too many people. Too many people. Have... Yeah, yeah. And there's also like a, a per seat ruling. I don't know whether they now count the numbers of people that can come on screen. No, there he is. There he is. Hello, guys. Ah, My Kevin, apologies. How are you doing? Kevin, how are you doing? Oh well, no thanks. Thanks for the invitation. Oh, Kevin, listen. This is quite. I'm afraid to say. Do you have any headphones that you can stick on? Because I can hear myself through the audio there. Oh no, no, my prayer. No, I'm afraid, but maybe I can put my microphone a little bit closer. Is this better? Okay, um, it sounds okay. Yeah, uh, don't worry about it. Um, it just means that dialogue is going to be quite uh, quite horrible, so we won't do, do do a lot of talking. Um, however, you're here to show us something, Kevin. So go ahead and, and if you're ready to screen share something and show us what you've done, that'd be amazing. Before you do that, can you tell us who you are, what it is you do, and what you have done with ChatGPT? Okay, so um, I'm the founder of Samlink and we focus on how can we optimize the whole recruitment process uh, while we're connecting with other HR tech uh, yeah, applications in the world. Um, so what we've seen is, um, yeah, HR recruiters are using plenty of, of yeah, solutions, ATSs, et cetera, et cetera, uh, but also now uh, the, the ChatGPT browser and the the, the the possibility there are, let's say, limited. Uh, what we do is is we bring everything, the technology, in a new application, and we streamline the whole recruitment process. Uh, it's still in development, as uh, normally in three months we will go live with the first version. Uh, but the first tests are like pretty impressive in in the, in the knowledge. Let's say. OpenAI will help recruitment in strategically always screen candidates in a very autonomous way and in, in a way that you can screen more candidates so that you can always, uh, you don't have to eliminate people, uh, even if you think, yeah, he or she is not uh, not a person for us. And um, I think that's uh, where, where we are working on uh, nowadays. and. Hopefully in, in three months uh, we go live. Uh, I will send you definitely a link uh, to test it. Send me send me the link to test it. But do you have anything to show us now, Kevin? Because three months no, is three months. I may be, I'm, you know, who knows what's no, going to happen in yet. three months. Oh, man. <laughs> Kevin, no, listen. It's too early. <laughs> do let us know when you do have this. Make sure you share the link to everybody so that they can check you out. Um, and then you know, I'm, I'm already in the plan to do a part two on ChatGPT, by the way. So that's going to happen next month. So we're going to keep rolling with this sure. topic. It's going to be uh, a very big one. So, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for your thoughts. I really appreciate it. Um, and keep us up to date on your product uh, development, man. Great. Thank you. Cool, cool. Wow, breathless. Um, so uh, what do we got to do now, Ala? We've got to take a... No, usually we finish the show now, but we don't because we're going to bring on our final couple of guests. Um, these are our guests that are basically uh, working for established technology firms in recruitment, and they're going to tell us what uh, sort of their plans are for uh, for uh, with regards to this technology. Maybe they'll dismiss it. Maybe they won't. Uh, we'll see. Okay, we have Nikos. Uh, CEO of Workable, of course. Um, 
we have Bill Fisher. Where is Bill? There we go. Bill actually wrote the first thing that did truly amaze me, um, which was uh, Social CV. Did anyone remember this? It was yeah. the first. It was the first people aggregator, um, and it was like as soon as I saw that. Laura talks about it. Yeah. Crazy. Bill. Bill. I think wrote that. Um, oh, there's Adam. Adam, you're back. Yeah, Missed like you, man. Just, just so you know, I'm definitely not going to be talking about what my employer's plans are with regards to. <laughs> this technology well you should be man you should be all right listen let's do some intros because all of you guys are very famous uh but there may be some people out there that don't know uh so adam can you quickly introduce yourself who are you what it is you do yeah sure i'm adam gordon i've been in recruitment since 1999 i am vice president of recruitment marketing automation at isims fantastic stuff and nikos long time no see you're looking like super fit bro i don't know what's happened you're looking in great shape Wonderful to see you, Nikos. Can you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What is you do? Thank you, Hank. I'm, um, I'm Nikos Maraitakis. I'm the founder, co-founder and CEO of uh, Workable, which uh, is one of the more popular ideas out there. Fantastic to see you on the show, Nikos. And we have Bill Fisher as well. Bill, great to see you. Um, can you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What is you do? Um, I can. It's good to be here. Thank you, Hank. Uh, I was going to have a chat GPT right by intro, but uh, it, it was over, oversubscribed. So I was going to do it in the style of Tarantino, which I may have dropped some f bombs. But uh, but uh, alas, yeah, not uh, not happening. So I'm the uh, the CTO of Vonk. Uh, Vonk is a job marketing platform. Uh, so we uh, work kind of through the ATS. So a recruiter can uh, you know if they have an open job in the ATS, they click a button. Uh, we provide a media recommendation, and then they can. Uh, execute the purchase uh, through our platforms. We have contracts with uh, yeah, 5,000 job boards and pro programmatic players. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And by the way, people are talking about social CV in the in the comment stream there, Bill. So you did make a mark in the universe, man. Um, that was actually one of the first products that did have a, a similar effect on me when I first used it. It did feel like a magical output. I hadn't really felt that since ChatGBT, where you kind of uh, had a look at a bit of software it produced something you didn't expect that was better than your expectation. And then you thought, what the hell else can this do? And you're stuck there for a while and you keep going through. So um, let's talk about sort of where you think all three of you represent um, established and you know well-respected technology providers. Uh, Adam, I totally get it. Let's not share anything that's proprietary and strategic and whatnot have you. But what do you think overall a technology like this is going to do to basically technology roadmaps, recruitment, sort of the product roadmaps for um, ATSs, CRMs, products of this type uh, that recruiters already use? Um, how do you think it's going to affect the direction of travel and what do you expect to see next 12 months, let's say? Um, uh, let's go with you first, Nikos. What are your thoughts? I love it. The technology is fascinating. Um, sure, there's a demo factor. We see the, the best formed outputs that usually uh, require some good uh, engineering of prompting and giving it a lot of context to, to produce good stuff. Um, but uh, for recruiting, I think it's particularly relevant. We have a, we have a field that doesn't require 99% accuracy uh, on things. We have a lot of work that just needs to be good enough, um, and um, and we have and just I'll give you a bit of data. The average uh, job at Workable, which includes also a lot many small companies who do very simple recruiting, uh, generates seventy-two emails from the uh, team inside. So we, we write a lot of stuff. We do a lot of stuff. 
and, and that technology can help us in that case. Now, let me give you a little bit of the counter narrative here. Um, this is Excel for words, super powerful. We are all fascinated by seeing it, getting some good results on you know superficial things. But in order to get good results, you need to get um, um, you need to get some context. Like you did, I, I so you did a lot of the interview questions. You need to start saying, "Well, I'm the CTO. Oh, it's a fast-growing company. Oh, our product is." And if you could give it enough context, it's really good at synthesizing this information and then producing the kind of college graduate output um, that you would like for a lot of that stuff. And and if we were to talk how this would come strategically into the technology we already use, um, I think like for something like ISIMS or like Workout, which is your platform and has the information, it is the ideal place to read the context from. So it's our job basically to uh, bring this technology as a UI layer to you and give it enough context, do all the content name for you. Essentially, you won't need um, to, to, to write the instructions to get the right thing for your team, for, the, for what's happened, for the email, for what happened with the candidate and what was the discussion. It's going to be able to, um, to pick it up and then it's going to be able to let you, you know, I'll show you screenshots as well uh, um, later. So I, I think that the interesting thing to keep from the like the more uh, mature company point of view is that how we are coming into play is that we already carry all the context, all the things that you would like to tell it to give you the right answers. And it's our job to put it in the place where you want to ask it and let it come in and assist you. So these will be integrated into our workflow, I think. Yeah, very interesting, Nico. So basically, you're saying that right now, it's it's. I love the the the, the kind of analogy of Excel for words. I think that's actually really good, a really good analogy because Excel, you can do some amazing things with it. Um, like you can draw pictures in Excel. You can do amazing dashboards on it. It's like, and you think, wow, there's like maybe not point not 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 one percent of the population even knows how to do that. Most of us are still using it as a text storage thing. Um, so so I think chat to you with the same. Mass users will be basic input, you know, whatever. But then the, the, the more skillful you become, the more powerful the output might be. And what you're saying, Nikos, is that the role of the established technology provider is to basically make that journey easier for that user to get to. It's like one, okay. of, um, one of the earlier guests said something that I liked a lot. He said, I have an Excel sheet and I'm going to use GPT to ask questions from my off my seat. If I were to put what we're doing right now for you, the users here, is we're integrating technologies like that into our tools so you can ask questions of your ATS. Imagine how many interesting questions you can ask. And also imagine what it does to reporting. Yeah, no question. Report generation should be the first thing that needs to be knocked out. The applications are amazing. Well, you, you think about report generation, um, like how much effort that takes for an internal TA team to produce. And one of the big drivers, I think, for ATSs over the last couple of years has been to improve the reporting suite so that people can do it, off, you know, make it easier for those folks to do. Um, but it still needs to get to a point where you can ask it, the ATS something, just produce the results in a presentable way and you're going to go with it. Um, you think that's going to revolutionize the, the reporting side? I think so. Uh, but also it will revolutionize, I think, a lot of the consultancy domain. You know, you, the, the Accentures, the uh, McKinsey's of this world, generally speaking, their output is usually a very nice 
PowerPoint presentation. Um, but you've got to think that that's going to really help you know, eat into that type of world. Maybe they've got to step into another place as well. Um, okay, Adam, you've got your hand on your stroking your non-existent beard now. So uh, you, you obviously have some thoughts uh, yourself mm. on where this might go. Uh, ChatGPT, you've had a play with it. Um, where do you see it influencing HR tech 12 months down the line? How do you see it happen? Uh, what do you think the, uh, the HR, HR tech looks like in 12 months time? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I think that there are going to be uh, some organizations that are like bleeding edge businesses that will come up with great applications for this. Others will watch for a little bit and monitor uh, uptake and engagement, and then they may enter the market as well. And uh, there's going to be a lot of different opportunities. But I think more generally than that, I want to point out, I don't want to be the, like, you're I don't want to be like the, gr <laughs> the Grim Reaper here. But please feel free to rain on everyone's parade, Adam. I'm gonna, Your job. In order, in order that this... In order that this doesn't come from me, I'm going to quote a guy called Joshua Wall. He was the chief technology officer at Super Awesome, one of the co-founders, and he's the co-founder at a, an ed tech company in uh, London. And he organized a meetup with founders of uh, tech businesses in London, mostly in financial services. And he said to them, what do you think is the impact of this? Every single one of them, there were eight people on the call, every single one of them said they're putting hiring plans on hold as a result of the emergence of ChatGPT as a common open AI generally, but ChatGPT going into preview mode and everybody, everybody being able to actually use it um, in order till they've established just how many people they don't need to hire as a result. Three of them had indefinitely put their pla like hiring plans on hold and two of them had had agreed on a target, which was they felt that humans could achieve twice as much in half the time. One other thing that I should tell you about this guy, Joshua Wall, is he put into ChatGPT, how might you create a company to solve X problem? It gave him an answer. He said, what would a startup company look like to solve to, to do this? gave him an answer. He said, how would you pitch this? Gave him an answer. He said, how would you build this on AWS? It gave him an answer. It literally gave him the roadmap from there's a problem through to this is exactly how to build it. And this is the technology stack to use. And this is you know what it's going to look like. So I think we shouldn't be, we shouldn't feel like, I've seen some comments in the side chat. They're going, this is rubbish. My rubber duck's better than that and stuff like that. Chat GPT is first of all, one product in a large suite of products which do audio, they do visual, they do all sorts of things. They do they do visual to text and text to visual. Um, and uh, it's also, it's in preview mode. So it's giving, if it's giving information that's not correct right now, or it's saying, sorry, I don't know the answer to that. That's because we're at the very, very beginning of this. Yeah, well, listen, some really interesting. I want to uh, thank you, Adam, for bringing that uh, sort of uh, these thoughts in. I think it is important to talk about, folks. What do you, th what do you, what are your thoughts on this? Is it going to actually shrink recruitment demand 
because companies might now be looking at it and think, you know what, ChatGBT can take care of this, or it might take care of it in six months time. So as you say, Adam, maybe you pause it down. Let us know in the comments or in the chat thread what you think it's going to do to the overall demand for human workers. Is it going to reduce the amount of people required to do the job? Um, and if so, what does that mean? Do humans have other work to do? Uh, or are we talking about uh, like a, an ongoing continual contraction as to the economic value that human labor can actually produce? It's an interesting debate. We're not going to answer it in the course of a conversation like this, uh, but do put your comments into the chat. Let me know what you think. Um, okay, uh, let's go to you, Bill. Um, Bill, having uh, sort of uh, uh, been a technologist uh, and still is, I think, I'm not sure the last time you wrote a bit of code. I, I don't know when that is. Maybe ChatGBT will re remove this from your life completely. <laughs> but um, where do you see, uh, same question, I guess, where do you see the input of uh, this kind of a class of technologies let's say it's generative ai um where do you see it kind of impacting the uh, landscape in terms of recruitment technology um cool so the uh, our, our point of view is it changes everything um josh wool is a very smart guy uh, i had the opportunity to work with him a few years ago i, I didn't i should have because he's he's really he's a really talented guy i think he's absolutely right companies should be pausing uh, for hire just to see what the impact will be uh, my, my hunch is that uh, with process improvements that I think uh, this generalized AI uh, will really rewrite uh, the, the entire recruitment process uh, and the productivity tools that ever, you know, several people have mentioned, I think will increase the ROI for, for people who are in the business. So I think there's a chance where uh, it actually enables companies to hire more because they can do, uh, you know, enhance the ROI from, from the players. Uh, I think the reason why I was invited, though, is um, uh, I think there's some broader impacts of, of these general AI type tools. Uh, and one is the the shift, you know, the paradigm shift from a search paradigm uh, to an answer paradigm. Uh, so people have talked about open AI replacing Google. Uh, and if you think about the, the candidate experience now where they um, somebody's looking for a job, uh, they go to Google, uh, they, they put together some sort of Boolean query. Uh, they're then presented with a list of job boards uh, and uh, aggregators that have the potential job. Uh, they then go to the job board. They then use uh, faceted search to try to drill down and find something. Uh, and we think uh, uh, OpenAI, the semantic tools are strong enough uh, to uh, replace the entire process. You can just say, uh, uh, yeah, my job sucks. <laughs> I'm looking for something new. Uh, what do you recommend? Uh, it'll ask for your LinkedIn profile. You give it the LinkedIn profile. It parses it. Uh, it then, uh, you know, it then will, will uh, somebody will do an embedding uh, of content uh, from the job boards. It'll then identify four or five jobs, uh, and it'll allow you to kind of tune in which of those you like. Uh, but if you think about what that, how disruptive that is, I mean, so many. So much of the business is dependent upon organic traffic through Google, and I think that go, I think that goes away. So I think it's a it's a totally different it's a totally different world. Uh, the notion of SEO uh, is totally different. I mean, you're, you're writing to get uh, you know to get picked up into these you know libraries. Um, 
so, is, that, is that true though? Let me just interrupt. Bill, I totally get what you're saying. And, I, and the, the straight away, I had a sci-fi image, you know, you connect it to voice. We're still typing, but it's not far away where you can interpret your voice, right? You say, hey, listen, I just had this terrible conversation with my manager. Can you find me uh, an opportunity within this, that, 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 boom, and it'll do the thing and it'll talk back to me to give you these options. Probably even say, yeah, do you want me to send an application through? Say, yeah, but write me an application directly to this person. Boom, it's done. So the entire discovery of information changes. Um, but does SEO change? Because is there a way in which you can make sure your information is trained, goes into the training data? Like, is there any way in which you can guarantee that? Or like, what's the, there'll be an SEO mentality towards ChatGBT because we know it's trained on something. So how do we put our data into the- uh, Yeah, no, 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 I mean, it's very interesting. So the, I mean, so, you know, currently OpenAI, you know, OpenAI is, you know, is trained on a data set that's, that's 12 months old. So, so that doesn't work for, for jobs. Uh, so what we envision is going to happen though is a job board will take their content and we'll do their own embedding. Uh, and then we'll have a, you know, a, a unique tool uh, that will uh, allow somebody to interrogate uh, that data. So you have all the function of OpenAI applied against a proprietary data set. Um, I'm trying to, so the, you mentioned social CV. So it's a product we built, uh, we built you know, open web. Uh, but what we had to do to build that was build like narrow semantic intelligence. So we needed to be able to, you could think of it as being able to parse a resume or parse a CV. So look at words and know this is a job title, this is a skill, this is a location, uh, this is an industry. Uh, and then we built you know, tools that could then uh, you know, package, you know, package that up and then put it into a UX. Uh, the open AI semantic tools out of the box do what we focused on narrowly, generally, really well. So if you think about uh, you know, what text kernel is built or burning glass is built, like open AI, will parse the CV nearly as well as they do, and I'm sure it'll get better uh, over time. Uh, and uh, we believe we'll see that same, uh, that same you know, semantic generalized intelligence uh, will allow people to take you know, content to many verticals and get the same capabilities out of it. Uh, so we, we, think it, we think it's massively disruptive. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's really, well, I mean, it's, it's, the sense I have when I think about this technology is 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 it's scary and exciting at the same time um, because it is about okay the world has changed I think um, significantly since this thing dropped I mean this six six weeks or so ago if you said Chat GPT to anybody no one would have a single clue uh, but now I was having a conversation with the um, art gallery next door and he's talking about Chat GPT and Mid Journey and stuff like it's into the mainstream it's on the street now so everyone is like using it and i think people who are trying to get into chat gbt today are saying look there's a queue i can't get in it's starting to crash regularly so we know that millions of people are hitting this thing um is one thing that might stop it is going to be the monetization aspect um because at some point they're going to drop some sort of pay uh, paywall into this do you think that's going to suppress this technological innovation and will it kind of give us a, an opportunity to take a breather is it a good thing that they start charging for it or do you think that actually the future isn't a charge for that? Uh, you know, they need to find another way to monetize this. What, what are your thoughts on what OpenAI are going to do on the, uh, uh, the to keep the thing going? Because obviously, if it's, uh, I think it costs them money to generate stuff. So, you know, how, do, how does it work? Adam, you about to say something? Well, yeah, you, you mentioned earlier, they've already uh, invited people to sign up for ChatGPT Professional. 
they asked you and me, uh, you know, how much would you pay for it? Uh, how much would be considered that it would be too cheap and therefore rubbish, etc. It was an interesting form, actually, to fill Can in. Can I interrupt? But, how much did you say? Uh, I can't remember. Something like $20 a month. Cheapskate. Uh, go on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I said 20 uh, beyond $20. Um, I think I said $25, but but I, from $20, I would think about it. Yeah, I'd said I said I said forty nine. Go ahead, Nick. But look, if it, you wanna if you wanna sorry, link no. this to the previous discussion as well about what it's gonna do to productivity. By the way, I don't believe we lost jobs are gonna be lost. You know, uh, new technology always creates more productivity, and we absorb it. We want it. We never say that's enough. There's never enough work. But um, what is gonna happen is that this thing essentially it's gonna put a price tag on specific types of it, cognitive work. So I'll show you later the example, the thing writing you emails. But there's going to be a price for writing that email. The email that, you know, John in the recruiting is writing to the client, it's going to have a cost. This is going to reveal the cost downstream to the entire process. It's going to optimize it, perhaps. And also the cost is going to be going down all the time. And people what, in this call, what we're selling is that type of intelligence. Sorry, Nikos, explain to me what you mean by cost. Do you actually mean that in future you envisage a scenario whereby there's going to be, let's say, a, a throttling limit to how many emails I can generate and say, okay, after this, it's going to cost you this amount. To can, you. I, can I share my screen? Uh, as long as it's polite, uh, yeah. Well, um, you know. okay. uh, how can I? Do somebody does this for me, right? I know I did no, from here. Says so yeah, you can do it. I, I've share actually realized screen, I have no control. Uh, and so. I can share this window. Okay, it's on. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Okay, this is uh, if you've used an ATS, you know what the screen is. Is where you create a job. There's going to be a button here. This is actually a mock-up of what's coming out in Workable soon. There's going to be a button here that allows you to create the job description. And it's going to incorporate the context you have. And it's going to make suggestions for you. And it's going to let you... That, those are the interesting things. We write it, make it more senior, make it more like that, and bring in. But this thing is going to cost. Every output of those things is going to cost some money. Uh, not just because of what... Uh, OpenAI is going to uh, to charge, but ultimately it's compute. Like you need to pay for some compute, and the smarter it gets, the more expensive the compute is, and the compute becomes cheaper over time. So, so, so that's who, the so where where does the cost drop in though, Nikos? Where where's your anticipation as to um, who, who's going to be? I, I guess it's going to mean that oh. maybe for you guys, you're going to put a tier in to say, do you want the yeah, AI? Assistance? I'm guessing at some point we will say to have this, you will have to pay something extra. You know, we're just building it. I haven't worked it out yet. But yeah, yeah. definitely somebody will have to pay something extra. And then you'll see, yeah, but how much time does it save me? So now the cost that John is making, the person the, the, the created to create this effort is going to be compared to the machine. And, and in things where you can create, where you can bring enough context through the workflow, the application, the ATS, and have a sufficiently efficient technology to produce these things, for some tasks you would say, I no longer do this. We no longer, like there's many tasks that we no longer do. Yeah, I think, think it's, I think like it's really important. It, it, I think at, it's really important to understand the, the, it's really important to understand the, the, like the structure of the organization behind this and what it was set up to achieve. So <clears throat> OpenAI was set up by a whole bunch of different people 
to uh, make the benefits of artificial intelligence as evenly distributed as possible. That was their mission. And then in 2019, they realized they needed to convert to a for-profit model. It was a not-for-profit. They converted to what's called a capped profit model. And the reason they did this was because they they worked, they were spending a lot of money. They needed to you know, make sure that they were able to generate uh, more money. And something that I thought an interesting anecdote was a, a journalist at Vice News wrote, generally, we've never been able to rely on venture capitalists to better humanity or something like slightly ironic like that. But it's important to understand the, the, the background to the organization to then be able to establish where they're going to try and make money and why and what's their ultimate purpose. So I don't think they're going to be trying to become like the ultimate profit machine. I don't think that's the point at all. Uh, it, it, they could be corrupted, though. The truth is, like any organization can be purchased unless you have it decentralized from the get go. Um, and as far as I'm aware, OpenAI is not decentralized in that way. Um, I mean, it's, it, it is a not-for-profit, but, you know, that they, they'll create, they'll spin off a for-profit version and just invest in that. Oh, so, no, it is. It, the, it, it's, it, it's, it's not unique, though. It's not unique. Uh, Google yeah. has similar models. The technology is not uh, something that they own uniquely. And actually, the quality yeah. of the results will have a lot to do with the context and the data. But no matter, even if they were the nicest people in the world, they want to give it up for free. You know, if you want this thing to do this thing that I'm showing right now and write you the email yeah. for the candidate, this stupid email is going to cost 10 cents. I don't know, whatever, 5 cents, yeah. 20 cents. I don't know exactly what it's going to cost, but it's going to be something. And it's going to go down over time. And if you want an email for something cleverer than that, maybe it's going to be more expensive. So it's not going to be a day and night the world is changing. A power tool is going to come into our hands. When we become good enough and efficient at using it, so, you know, somebody makes an engine, then you need to build the tractor to become more efficient at farming. And that's where the farming changes. So it's going to be a process. And uh, how can I stop there? So. Yeah, yeah, definitely stop the screen because <laughs> we, we, we don't know what's going to wander across the screen at any time. I'm always concerned whenever anybody shares screen uh, at an extended period. Uh, but no, uh, I think you're very right. I love the tractor analogy. You've invented one thing. It's like we've invented the, the plow and then, okay, now you need to invent the harness to stick it onto the ox. Exactly. And then all this type of stuff happens and all kinds of innovation will emerge. Yeah. And it's going to take uh, field expertise as well. There's another live stream summer where we'll be talking about how it can be used about accounting or about writing operas or whatever. Yep, yep. A lot of very interesting things going to emerge. Um, okay, folks, we are like flying through the rest of this uh, show, so we're going to have to say goodbye to our amazing guests here. Um, Ad Adam, great to see you. Nikos, great to see you. Bill, great to see you. If any of you are in London, by the way, let me know, because uh, obviously it'd be great to catch up. I've made a commitment, actually, to go out and get drunk once every every week, um, so that's something I'm going to do, regardless if anybody's with me or not. So um, uh, let me know if that's happening. Uh, okay, great to see you guys. Uh, we have questions to answer. Allah, are you prepared to answer the questions with me? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. Let's, um, let's do that. Let's quick fire. Okay. Um, we have Mark Jenkins saying, okay, do we think the likes of ChatGBT will make companies reassess their take home test for talent? What are your thoughts, um, Allah? To be honest, uh, with take home assessments, it's something that we're always screaming about to change. That's why I'm kind of happy that uh, some of the tests that uh, developers never liked, uh, they actually got solved right now very easily, like in seconds by AI. So, yeah. 
My expectation would be we have to become better at the assessments and so maybe um, find another strategy. And I'm actually super happy that uh, technologies are pushing us to do that. Yeah, Mark, I would personally say the take-home test is over. It's done. Like You can't <laughs> actually do it because you can't trust the return. Um, this should be really great news for the real-time testers out there, Codility, uh, HackerRank, uh, CodeSignal, those kind of the folks. I think that's you have to use those technologies now if you're going to test people, unless you're going to bring them uh, into your office. Okay, Marietta say, okay, ethical question. If we decide to incorporate ChatGBT into recruiting, uh, perhaps we should communicate to candidates first. Um, what kind of impact do you think uh, that has an experience? Like how open should we be with candidates to say, yeah, a lot of some of this information is is written by ChatGBT or I think Sajit mentioned, he said, listen, if it's a blog post, I say it. But would you say it if it was just a message like we saw with Nikos? What are your thoughts? Uh, personally, to be honest, yes, uh, because I don't see a, a big problem on like discovering it for the candidates. It's even transparency but i can see the challenge because then um how to create the equal opportunities and so someone who was interviewed before just only by person and nothing was used with chat gpt so there could be some uh yeah like conflicts inside um mm -hmm. uh but um it is um, in a way uh, anytime you record something anytime you have you use these scripts that were shown today to uh to have all the conversation like typed in, I think the candidates should know uh, what information is left uh, when they done their uh, interview or any communication. Yeah, and I think it'll not only be ethical, but it'll be legal at some point as well. Like you might, like you, you can anticipate at some point will the law will say uh, you have to say whether you've used any kind of generative AI in the communication. And I think. From my side, I don't think you need to do it per message. I think it gets onerous at that time. I think we're going to get used to kind of being there. Um, and by the way, the candidate has no obligation to do the same. So I think, okay, you need to be reciprocal here. But what I think will happen will be a disclaimer at some point to say, hey, listen, some of our comms are used with uh, uh, generative AI. Um, okay, we have Kira. Kira saying, how do you feel about candidates using it in exactly the same way? She's using that example. To write CVs, cover letters, and what have you. How do you feel about that? Uh, candidate usage of generative AI, Allah? To be honest, I'm very happy about that because it's going to make me better in a way. And of course, I always can have the conversation. I personally never believed in CVs as a good way to assess if someone should have the interview. I hope it's going to be redundant as a way to like to filter candidates. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also, I think it's a good instrument for introverts candidates as well, because writing cover letter, they're all of them saying, oh my God, this is the hardest thing, I hate it. Um, and now probably we also will be assessing cover letters differently and looking at this uh, from the perspective of uh, what the person has to say to us uh, on the conversation. Yeah, I think the cover letter is gone. There's another thing that's literally gone. Like the, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, I mean, I think they might still be produced, even if it's an email intro. But I believe we're going to we're gonna start ignoring it because it's like we can't trust whether that's really what the thing is. And so that distrust, I mean, I'm one of the few people that says distrusting information is a good thing. I think the distrust is good. It just means that we have to go deeper uh, rather than trust the superficial stuff. So, um, yes, Kira, I hope that answers the question. Okay, we're still going through. Sajid Kumar, he has said, what are the one aspect of automation that concerns everybody, especially in the HR fraternity? So that's kind of an open question. But uh, is there one aspect of this that the disturbs you, uh, Allah? 
to be honest, uh, maybe the complaints of people that uh, the information is not accurate and sometimes people just take it as like 100% truth. Uh, so the way how we used to trust the technologies, they, they, they're right, they can make mistakes. So that's probably the one. But so, so far, I think we're still like in beta, still learning. So no bigger concerns. No, I think that's right. I, I share with you the same concern. It's the the, the people that don't they don't have distrust actually do accept the first verdict. That's kind of disturbing um, because you can see that happening and maybe we get a little bit more. I think it will be cultural changing because the truth is, I think most people will accept the output in the same way we accepted Google as truth, uh, even though it wasn't right. Google was, uh, it was SEO, it was ad driven. There's also, you know, who wrote the algorithm, et cetera, et cetera. Same stuff with chat, GBT and open AI. Um, and what is the training data? Like it's trained on a massive set of data, but that's not the world, right? Um, there's plenty of information. It's never been processed. So it's going to be interesting to see how this works. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's some concerns there. Okay. Some of these, um, some of these questions, I think we're done. Um, folks, I think we're finished. I think we've, we've had the 90 minutes on air. That's amazing. A massive, massive uh, sort of uh, congrats to everyone for hanging around. 228 people still with us. Uh, so thank you very much for joining the show. Folks, ChatGBT is obviously a hot to trot topic. Um, it's not something we're going we're gonna to finish uh, having this conversation about. Um, and in fact, next month on the 10th February, we're going to do part two of this. Um, ChatGBT in recruitment part two. And we're going to think about, okay, let's see where the developments are. Let's get some more implementations. If you're interested in watching that show, follow the channel on Crowdcast because I haven't actually set up the show yet, um, but I will do after this call and you can register directly on there, but follow the channel. You'll be notified when we come live. Um, next week, we'll be talking about global mobility, folks. Another big topic for us. What is the state of global mobility in 2023 uh, how does remote affect this how does things like brexit affect it how does things like geopolitics affects it so we're talking about what is the current state of movement of one person to another country in order to uh to work there is it bigger better faster what in what places that's the place where you've got to go Allah, i'm actually bringing you back in for that given the fact that you've got experience in multiple countries also so anyway listen um thank you everyone for watching i hope you've enjoyed it make sure you uh watch the uh well make sure you follow the channel and we'll see you next week thank cool. you everyone oh my god this was so so intense in terms of the content the chat never stopped i would like to see the data about the chat it's like ongoing so I think we've, we've broken records in the chat, no doubt. We've broken records on probably length of time we've been on for a single show. Um, and you know what? The feedback's been amazing. You look at what people are saying on LinkedIn and even on the chat stream here. Everyone's like, this is so cool. One thing I really hope that's happened is that people who've listened or watched this show are going to be inspired to dive back in um, and just experiment. And it's not just ChatGBT. There's all kinds of stuff. Have a play with MidJourney to create some cool images. By the way, that's changed the way in which I do image sourcing. Um, you know, previously when you're trying to build a presentation, it's like, oh, uh, how do I get away from watermarks and all this? Now yeah. it's like just stick it in there and then boom, it's there. You got to bought them probably, right? So you went like uh, for the official where you can buy them, but now with Dali, so for example, you can you can create something amazing yourself. Did you see the um the, the the 
very first people that are having problems with this are artists that they're basically saying the thing like who owns the training data and i think one of the things that's so excited about this but one of the things i think can put a blocker on this is litigation because if people do say look you've trained the ai using uh, artwork or written copy or code that that person hasn't given you permission for therefore you either stop doing this or um you know we're going to sue you for a bit of that return so i think i think and i by the way i'm not on the side i'm afraid to say i'm, I'm so excited about the technology i'd love us to have a little bit more access to it so i'm not, not on the side of the creators on this on this part even though i understand uh, and i think you, you need to defend your own um value but it seems to me like it would be a horrible shame if we had to put a stopper on this or compromise the quality of the output if you know we had that sort of defensive litigation it's going to be it's going to be interesting but the courts are probably going to have a disproportionate impact on this uh as you go forward you know yeah people are more scared right now about the the one uh, that's actually creates your own voice it can reproduce your voice and people are really really scared that it's going to like you know uh like i'm going to call you han and ask you to come to amsterdam and um you will come here but uh, that was not <laughs> me that was someone else looking at flight. like how, how how would you even tell though it's like so scary i mean have you seen those where you've got like morgan freeman talking and he's clearly not him but it's clearly yeah. a representation and he's saying a script um and it's like we're at the point where we can't trust our eyes at all gpt um, will write the text and so you, another ai will create the voice and uh, you know this kind of thing the technologies like maybe it'd be like two-factor though so it'd be like okay i've just got this message from allah she's telling me to do this that or the other i'll have to find another way to two-factor that say allah did you really send this and then yeah. if you can say yeah that happened then okay great uh we, we can do it um so yeah i think we're, we're at that point where you just can't trust anything on the internet yeah. folks have a doubt anyway Allah, listen thank you so much for your time and dropping in and all this and i know you've got thank like you. is, is enrico still in the room is he still there i don't know i have to check not not in the room go, but maybe in the apartments i need to check go go <laughs> Hi, Enrico. I'm I'm really sorry that he that you didn't get the chance to catch up with him. So um so make sure you you, you catch up with him. Tell him I say hi, and uh, and yeah, let's talk again soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Amazing show. Ah, that's it, folks. See you later, Martin. I'm so sorry, dude. I totally forgot. That's that's the bottom line. I beg your pardon, bro. I'll definitely you're in the next show. Uh.